Welcome, so glad that you are joining us this December for Church Online. If you haven't been here before, I am Lisa. And I'm Marcus, hey friends. <laughs> we are really, really glad that you <laughs> are here. Well, because it is Christmas, I thought that I would share a this or that with all of us. I like it. Yeah, so we're gonna play a Christmas this or that, kind of like would you rather. So make sure that you're playing along in the comments. Okay, first up, hot chocolate or hot cider? Um, that's this hot, is a hot chocolate. question. Hot what? Chocolate. I don't really like hot cider a lot. <laughs> I have to be like in the mood for it. Um, but like give me like a, like a homemade hot cocoa and I'm good. Okay, so based on my reaction, clearly well, I am yeah. team hot cider and I love apple cider. You do. I do. You have like a preferred brand. I do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yes I do. Okay, Christmas songs, carols, like traditional or pop songs? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've, this isn't on the list, but I'm gonna make it one. The hybrid. I really okay. like the redone Christmas carols. I, that's like having to choose between your two children. But you have to choose. Um, if I were to have to choose, I would probably choose pop. That's fine. You're so. allowed, you're allowed to like what you like, okay. Um, Christmas dressy or Christmas PJs? You know, I think I like Christmas dress. Christmas, like, Christmas Eve is always the kind of the one night that I really dress up for like our service or our gatherings. Um, and so I think that's my favorite. Although we do always, still to this day, even as adults, our whole family still does get Christmas pajamas, uh, like after our service is over. Um, it's always our surprise on Christmas Eve. <laughs> we do that too. That's our like one thing that you're allowed to open yeah, yeah, on Christmas too. Eve. The one present you don't know what it's gonna be. Mm -hmm. It's always pajamas, but I'm with you. There's just something fun about seeing everybody nicely dressed up. Elf on a shelf or no elf on a shelf? Um, I never grew up in the age of elf on a shelf. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say no. Also, if I'm like envisioning myself as a parent, um, I would not be creative or thoughtful enough to like do Elf on a Shelf. So just forever, I'm gonna say no Elf on a Shelf. Yeah, I am firmly no Elf on a Shelf. No parent needs extra pressure at Christmas. Exactly. We have enough. Uh, but if you are doing Elf on a Shelf, that Elf needs to be in quarantine for 14 days. <laughs> but you guys are also like truly inspiring because um, I just don't know where people come up with these ideas, but I see them on social media and I'm just like so yeah, impressed. I, I agree. I just would forget to move my elf, so yeah. we're not doing it. Okay, uh, as flavors of Christmas go, peppermint or chocolate? Uh, this both together? Yes, peppermint bark is... Yeah, everyone likes a peppermint mocha. Yeah, true. Um, but if I had to had to choose one, I would choose chocolate. Okay, for flavors of Christmas, I think I'd go peppermint. But like... I know, I love chocolate, and I yeah. would want them together, because peppermint bark is probably my favorite candy of all the year round, wow. but yeah, love it. Love peppermint bark. Okay, real tree or artificial tree? Okay, so growing up, I never had a real tree. Um, we just like never did it. So I think I have to say artificial tree because I don't know any different. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of a real tree. Yes. Just maybe not like the practice of it. I like the idea of a real tree as well. I don't like the mess mm -hmm. of a real tree. So have you had? I've before? never had a real tree. But my mom got those like time scented sticks that you stuck in <laughs> your artificial in tree. That's funny. Um, and so your house nice. smelled like a real tree 
but it was easier. If you're in the comments, this is your chance to convince us that we need to switch. So yes, go for it. Yes, and it'll take some really good convincing <laughs> to switch. Fair enough. All right, well, thank you so much for playing along. Yeah, so we're jumping back into our uh, new series that we started last week called Christmas from the Sidelines. And so we're gonna be learning today about another character yes. in the Christmas story who practiced quiet obedience. And so uh, before we do that, we're just gonna roll a quick intro. Hey guys, welcome back and bring it in a little bit. Bring it in. Today, I want to convince you of something. I want to convince you that life's journey, this faith journey that you're on, is not necessarily about the big things, the big ticket items. It's more often than not about the quiet opportunities for obedience. And that's what we're called to, these quiet opportunities for obedience. In fact, my, my message today is, is the title. When I look at my notes here, it says quiet obedience. And we're going to be looking at the story of a man named Joseph. And a couple weeks ago, we had chatted about how sometimes we have this idea that somehow to be faithful to the calling of God in our lives, that, that we have to do big, grand, huge things. And that's not, that's not always, sometimes it is, but it's not always the case. More often than not, this, this journey of faith that we're on is about submitting ourselves to these quiet moments of obedience to the moving of the Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. And so today we're going to be talking about a man named Joseph. And Joseph was the, the father, the earthly father, not biological, but the earthly father of Jesus. And we're going to look at his life. And what's interesting about Joseph's life is he had a part to play in the story of Jesus. And we're in a series called uh, Christmas from the Sidelines. And we're looking at supporting roles, supporting characters within the Christmas story that um, came alongside Jesus' life. And Joseph is one of those people. And I think his story is going to do two things in us. It's going to give us great hope. So his story is going to give us great hope that we too in quiet obedience to God and to his ways and to the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can make an impact, that we can make Jesus famous, that we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves. There's a great hope in that. But it's also going to do something else. It's going to create a tension in us. It's going to grate a little bit against our human condition, our human nature. So we meet Joseph in the book of Matthew. So if you're tracking with us, you can turn to Matthew right now, turn to Matthew 2 and just kind of camp out there. And we're going to put some references on the screen as well. But if you don't have a Bible and you want to follow along with us today, just visit myevangel.church forward slash Bible and you'll be able to get hooked up right away right now. Hit pause, go there, get set up. And we would love to just make that available to you. So we meet Joseph in the book of Matthew and he's betrothed, or in other words, he's engaged to this girl named Mary. And now keep in mind that when we think of engagement, we, we think very differently than the first century idea of engagement. In the first century, most likely these guys were betrothed to one another when they were just kids. And so the betrothal happened, the parents kind of did it, and it was an arranged marriage like happened 
very common, but also even common today in, in many cultures. And so there's this arranged marriage. Joseph and Mary are betrothed, they're engaged to one another until they get to the place where, they, where, where there's a union and there's a marriage. And so they're in this season of engagement and enters this sort of awkward moment when Mary becomes pregnant and she comes and tells Joseph that she is pregnant. And she, I'm sure, um, with a lot of angst, is trying to explain what happened. And Joseph, in the meantime, he, he's a just man, he's a good man. He seems like he has a bit of a soft heart. Seems like he loves Mary, even though this would have been a betrayal for him. And so he purposes in his heart to divorce her quietly. And so he's not, he doesn't want to bring her into the public square. He doesn't want to make this a big public thing, but he decides he's going to divorce her quietly. And in that moment, we see um, something happening. So if you turn to Matthew 1, Matthew 1, 18 to 25. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version for those like to, to read verbatim along with me. But it says this, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now Joseph seems to have a lot of dreams. Uh, as you were going to see as we go through his story, uh, God spoke to him primarily through dreams. And this angel said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. Now, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That, just underline that. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, now Joseph sounds like a very nice guy. And despite, you know, being betrayed and, and, and I'm sure angry, and perhaps um, feeling kind of the shame that was going to bring on not just Mary, but himself as well. Yeah, but, but even though that was all playing a part, he was obedient. He had this moment of just quiet obedience before God to walk with Mary through this journey and take her as his wife. And this was no small decision to make because here's the reality. As you know, people talk. As you know, small town living, right? People are going to look at the story and go, oh, this happened or that happened. And so here's this moment where Joseph has to make a pretty big decision around even his reputation when it comes to um, taking Mary as his wife. There's a hefty social cost to this. You know, today um, we talk about cancel culture. And in, in, in this day, this, the cancel culture, the whole premise is this idea of shaming, public shaming. And that was no different in the first century amongst the people under the law, that there would have been a public shaming and, and maybe even to the point of um, those 
religious rulers feeling like there needs to be a death penalty involved in all of this. So this is no small decision to make by Joseph. And yet he receives this news from the Lord. He's commanded by this angel of the Lord to take Mary as his wife, to name Jesus, Jesus. And he does just that quiet obedience. But we'll see in Joseph being obedient, he, he both kind of passively and actively is used by God to fulfill a number of Old Testament prof prophecies about the Messiah, which is really interesting and a lot of fun. So here Joseph's just being quietly obedient, not knowing that he's serving a great purpose in fulfilling prophecy. And this is just so fun. Matthew 2, 13 to 15 reads, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child. So this is after Jesus is born. Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose, again, quiet obedience. And he rose and he took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. This moment of quiet obedience, just, just getting up and going, okay, Lord, so be it, let's do it. And he remained there until the death of Herod. And this is to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. Okay, catch this. By the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. So unknowingly, Joseph, as he's obedient to the Lord, Jesus is helpless at this point. Jesus is a baby. And so God leans on this man this father, this husband, this faithful servant. And he leans on Joseph to be obedient and to just rise up and protect the son of God. So interesting, how, how powerful is that? And then later, we're gonna read one more. Matthew 2, 19 to 23. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, rise. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, okay, here's the dream again, God's speaking to him. He withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that what was spoken, catch this, by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. And so Joseph is being used all along the way, unknowingly even, setting up this perfect affirmation and confirmation based on Old Testament prophecy that Jesus is indeed who he says he was. And Joseph had this part to play, but notice it's just this quiet obedience. God spoke, Joseph heard, and then he followed through. There was no big fanfare. There was nobody really watching other than his own family. And here we see Joseph just quietly being obedient to God. Now, I want you to notice something here. Um, God didn't override Joseph in his role as father, in his role as husband. And, and he invited Joseph into this journey, into the opportunity for quiet obedience along the way. And, and Joseph, he responded with yes every single time. 
Now, now I want you to consider, though, though I said that, you know, Joseph kind of faded into obscurity a little bit within the Christmas story, and not just the Christmas story, but kind of the history of that day. Um, it's relative obscurity, though, because the fact is we're talking about him right now. You know, 2,000 plus years later, we're still talking about this man named Joseph. You see, his, his quiet obedience left a mark on the story of human history. And more than that, it, it, it fixed our gaze on Jesus as the central figure of the story, the hero of the story. That, that's, what, that's what happens when we're quietly obedient to the Holy Spirit in our lives. As God speaks, we listen and then we follow through. And what that ends up doing, whether we know it or not, is it begins to point people to Jesus. It makes Jesus the hero of our story. Now, I want to speak to the tension that some of you might feel. The tension created because, because we live in a society that pursues fame and uh, influence, you know, we, we, we talk about influencers. We're sitting right now on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, many of you follow influencers. And it seems like influence and fame is sort of the currency of today. So is the pursuit of money, but, but more so than maybe even in, in recent history, this is kind of the, the, the currency of the day, influence and fame. And in a society that kind of props that up as the value, this idea of quiet obedience, this idea of quiet submission to God, that can begin to grate against this human nature, against this flesh that wants our way and, and wants the world to revolve around us. And as Christians who are attempting to live in this world, but, but, but be separate from it, th this can create tension for us. In the biblical worldview, it calls us to step into the, into the sidelines of the story and not take the leading role. And it causes us to step into the sidelines and to reveal Jesus as the hero of the story. Just like these characters we're talking about, these people that lived in the first century, that were a part of Jesus' story as we celebrate Christmas. And yet, each and every one of them, they're on the sidelines of history, but they're propping up and making famous Jesus. To pursue humility, is the value of the kingdom. In fact, you know, Jesus said the greatest among you are going to be the servants of all. And there's this idea, this upside down idea that quiet obedience to God, how do you know it's quiet obedience? More often than not, it's leading you to humility as, a, as opposed to exalting you and propping you up as the hero of the story. The greatest among us are the servants of all. And Joseph reminds us of this. And, and, and I would argue that he, he becomes the quintessential character of the Christmas story, Christmas from the sidelines. He just personifies this perfectly for us. Now for Joseph, it, it kind of all culminates. Now we're gonna kind of move a little bit further outside of the Christmas story, that, that, that kind of Christmas birth moment of Jesus. And we're gonna kind of push a little bit ahead and we're gonna to come to Jesus as a young child. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 2, 49 
52. And, I, and this is kind of where I want to camp out with you today a little bit. It says, now just to give you context, Jesus and, and Joseph and Mary, they had gone to Jerusalem. And so they, they traveled in a large group, you know, family members, a big, large group. You know how it is. Sometimes you, you just assume that, you know, oh, Jesus, he's over with Uncle Sam and Aunt whatever. Um, and the reality is he was not with the group. So they left Jerusalem. Mary thought he was with Joseph. Joseph thought he was with Mary. Mary thought he was with Uncle Bob, whatever. Finally, they get a days away and they realize that Jesus is not with them. And so they turn back and they go back to Jerusalem. And this is where we pick up this moment. And they find him in the temple and he's with the, uh, the religious rulers and, and the scholars of the day. And in verse 49, and he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Okay, I just want you to think about that moment for Joseph. Fathers, I want you to put yourselves in, in, in this moment. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and, and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now I can only imagine that if Joseph had any insecurities, this would have been the moment that those insecurities would have been pushed on, right? As a father, talk, talk about being the stepdad to a kid whose real dad is God. Just what an interesting dynamic for Joseph. And so here in this moment, I, I can only imagine that there's some insecurities that are being pushed on. And sometimes the quiet obedience of this faith journey leads us into the most insecure areas of our lives. To the places that we don't want to go and to, to even do the things that we don't want to do. Or, or maybe even don't feel that we can do. And this is this journey of quiet obedience. So often the journey of obedience, it's not just... Um, on the outside for everybody to see, oftentimes, and more often than not, it's on the inside where nobody gets to see, other than our own heart and our own spirit and our own soul and the Holy Spirit doing His work. And He pushes the Holy Spirit. We begin to push in to these areas of insecurity, these areas of brokenness, those, those moments that we would, we would much rather just remain forgotten. There was a time um, in my life when I just, as I was thinking about this and contemplating this, and I think I've shared this story before, forgive me. Um, I only have one life, and so I only have so many stories. <laughs> but uh, I remember there was a time in college, I was down in Texas, and um, it was the last day of school, and we went out, and I did something really dumb. I'm not going to get into it. You can ask me next time you see me. I did something really dumb and I, and I fell and I broke my calcaneus, which is my heel bone, and I broke my wrist. And so here I am, I, I, I can't use crutches because I only have, yeah, so I'm, I'm casted on my foot, I'm casted on my hand. So I ended up having to be in a wheelchair. And the beauty of being in college, especially living in dorms, is you get to eat cafeteria food. Um, for those of you that have eaten cafeteria food, you know that I am, um, being sarcastic here. 
But there was a day, the only good thing about the cafeteria is there's like an unlimited salad bar. So I ate a lot of salad. And so I was going back to get some salad. And so I decided instead of bringing the chair over that hop over and I just get my salad and hop back. And so I get back to the table and I go to sit down and I forgot to put the brake on my wheelchair. And so I went to kind of put my hand back, but I couldn't put this hand back. And you know where this is going. It went out on me and I fell to the ground and I hit my hand. And, and of course, what happens when somebody in a wheelchair with two casts on falls in front of you, what do you do? You get up and you offer to help, right? I mean, that is just a natural reaction. That's what any good human being should do. Here's what's interesting about that moment for me though. I'm on the ground and people are offering to help me up. And in that moment, I got so angry. I, like I was fuming mad. Now I didn't say anything, but on the inside I was mad. And I was actually despising every single person who is in my mind's eye taking pity on me and trying to help me up. And so I got up on my own and I got in my chair and I actually just left the cafeteria and just went right into the elevator. And as the elevator doors closed, I, I'll, I'll always remember this. The Holy Spirit, not in, a, not in a malicious way, not in an angry way, just in a quiet way, spoke to my heart and he said, do you see how far your pride goes? Sorry, do you see how deep your pride goes? Do you see how deep your pride goes? And in that moment, I was broken before God and in quiet obedience. Nobody else knew until years later when I share this story, nobody knew that this was happening internally. Nobody knew that this is a place, an insecurity, a place of pride, a place of brokenness that the Holy Spirit was kind of pushing into in my life. And yet this moment changed my life to the place where I had to begin to accept that I need help and I need people and I can't just do it on my own. And I str still struggle with that. That's still a part of my journey of trying to submit to that quiet obedience of um, friendship and community and relationship and having those that will come alongside you in your weakness and, and prop you up and all of those things. But it was quiet obedience. It was the Holy Spirit pushing into something. And I could have, in that moment, made a choice. I could have remained angry and become bitter and angry that this is my circumstance and this is what was happening to me and this is all that was taken away from me. And, and or in that moment, the Holy Spirit, he, he saved me from that downward spiral and he led me to this place of recognizing the pride that I had in my life, the brokenness I had in my life and how I needed to depend on him and others. And it was quiet obedience that brought me in to that journey and that alternative journey, that kingdom journey. So my, my question for you this Christmas is simple. What places of quiet obedience has the Holy Spirit been directing you to? It doesn't have to be big, but I believe every day in every season of our lives, the Holy Spirit is seeking to direct us towards obedience in different areas of our lives. Today, right now in this moment, I believe the Holy Spirit is pressing on some things. And maybe they are big, but they don't have to be. And maybe they're not observable by other people. Sometimes that's the hardest because we can hide those things for, for so long. We can even hide them from ourselves. And God calls us to this quiet obedience, just like Joseph. 
in that moment. I'm so sure that Joseph, every insecurity that he had was being pressed on as Jesus said, well, I had to be in my father's house. And Joseph, what, what do you mean? Wait a second, I'm your father, right? And, and, and yet we see that Joseph, he continued to be faithful. And here's what's interesting about Joseph's life is after this moment, we don't hear much about Joseph anymore. In fact, here, here's the reality. Most likely, Joseph passed away. Joseph died before, get this, before Jesus turned 30. What happened when Jesus turned 30? Jesus began his public ministry. Before that, he was submitted to his family. He was in his local town. Until 30 years old, he was preparing for this moment. And I am so certain that I'm sure there's moments where Joseph kind of questioned well, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. I, I, I wonder if Joseph on his deathbed, if he had that deathbed kind of season and moment, if he kind of wondered if he missed it, if somehow this was not what he should have spent his life on. And yet, we're so glad that he did because he was part of something so much bigger than him. And we're still talking about him today because of his quiet obedience hearing God in these dreams, fulfilling prophecy, like inadvertently, um, making Jesus the hero of the story. And I think today, this Christmas season, I would love us to consider how we can make Jesus the hero of our story, how we can point those around us to Jesus by simply being quietly obedient to his word, to his call, to the still small voice of the spirit speaking to us, so this Christmas season, I just pray that you would be given a grace to be quietly obedient in the big and more often than not in the small and that we would be those that reflect Jesus and make him the hero of the story everywhere we go. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this man, Joseph, that you, you commissioned, you set aside as, as Jesus' earthly father. What a role. What a thing to take on. And Lord, I thank you that he reveals so much to us about this, this life of just quiet obedience, of protecting his family, of doing what a good father should do. But we don't know the ins and outs of him raising Jesus and all the conversations and all the things that would have happened in all of that. But we know, Lord, he was faithful to you. He was faithful to your leading he was faithful to the law as he brought Jesus to be um, circumcised and dedicated and, 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 and brought offering and did all that he was supposed to do as, as a good Jew under the law. Though we know that he was submitted to you. And Lord, as, as he just becomes a, a character that we pull out of the sidelines of the Christmas story, I pray that he would inspire us to walk in that quiet obedience both on the outside for others to see, but also on the inside that we would reflect you, that Lord, you would be the hero of our story and that we would point everyone around us to the greater story of Jesus Christ, savior of the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us and I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. God bless.
great encouragement today that we had to practice quiet obedience. I think it's one of those things that is really important but not often talked about. Yeah. Um, and so really appreciate that challenge for you today. We just have a couple announcements mm -hmm. uh, before we close today. So the first one is, uh, we're in the middle of Advent. We are. And so we're uh, releasing those on social media every Monday morning at 7.30 a.m. Bright and early so that you guys are able to uh, have it as part of your devotional time yeah. if you do that in the morning. Um, but no matter what time of day, you're able to access that. So it's on, it's on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And so every Monday morning, we have two left, uh, you're able to check those out. We wanted to give you a special update mm -hmm. on our community panel. We yeah. had shared with you that one of the projects we wanted to take on as a church family this year was McLad House. Yeah. We're really excited uh, that we get to partner with them in, in building a structure that they need on their property. And so yeah. um, we're just really like so overwhelmed and so impressed by your guys' generosity. Yeah, so in the one Sunday that we had between that community panel and today, we raised $630 because of your generosity and faithfulness. So we want to say thank you. But there's still time uh, for you guys to give to Miklat House if you're wanting to jump uh, into that mission yeah. with us. And so if you're giving, if you just designate on your giving slip, whether that's in person or whether that's online, and just write Miklat House on there, then that makes sure that we can give that money to Miklat House when it comes into us. Absolutely, and 100% of what comes in from Miklat House is going to them, and we are very excited to get them a check in the new year. And then finally, as we look forward to that date that we all know about, uh, is that we're gonna be home for Christmas on December 24th. Yes. And so that's gonna be kind of the idea behind our Christmas Eve service. We're, we're gonna be jumping actually into your homes. And so we're uh, filming a bunch of things. We've been in the process for a while of scripture reading from some of our faith yes. community, of some fun elements that are added in there as well that we don't wanna to spoil too quickly. We don't. Uh, we're gonna be hearing some songs sung uh, in kind of a traditional car caroling style uh, that we hope that you guys join with us in your homes. And then also on that day, even before our service starts, which is 6.30 p.m., uh, we're gonna be doing a little bit of a giveaway on our social media. Yes. And so you'll wanna be uh, checking our Instagram specifically on that day because there are some fun things coming down There are some that day. fun things coming down with the giveaway, but there are also some fun things to allow you to kind of play along True. at home. Yes. And so you're gonna be wanting to check that out so that you can join in all yeah. of the fun and it's gonna be fun. So make sure that, that you put that in your calendar. Well, thanks guys so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week.